Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. That same yearning for freedom that nearly 250 years ago gave birth to a special place called America. It was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. It was home to an incredible people with a revolutionary idea that they could rule themselves, that they could chart their own destiny, and that together they could light up the entire world. Well, hello, I'm Janet Morena, Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program, and I'm joined by Father Frank Pavone, our National Director. Exciting times, Father, right? I mean, abortion is in the news. Every minute we wake up, we hear lead story, more That's about right. abortion That's because right. of this leaked document uh, from Justice Alito uh, that looks like could overturn Roe v. Wade, right? That's right. Well, this, uh, this is a draft of an opinion that does exactly that. And uh, we uh, are analyzing this opinion, friends, that that uh, if it becomes official, in fact, reverses Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, these decisions, Janet, that just ushered in a holocaust of American children since the time of Roe, 63 and a half million babies were have been slaughtered by abortion. Right. So from the Supreme Court, of course, the question is, does this have anything to do with the Constitution? And we're analyzing just as Alito's uh, the, uh, answer to that question, which is no has nothing right. to do with the Constitution. Well, and, you know, when you think about this beautiful Constitution of ours and our founding fathers, um, in the research for my book, Father, um, Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens, um, I went back and researched abortion. When was it legal or illegal here in America? And what I found in colonial days, some of the colonies allowed for abortion to quickening till the mom felt the baby stir, and other of the colonies banned abortion altogether. Well, the reason why the history is important is because if you ask, is something a constitutional right? You have to look at a couple of different things. First, you have to look at the Constitution itself. Right. Is it in the text? Is it mentioned anywhere in the text? If you have a case, for example, about the right to bear arms. Right. Or about freedom of speech. It's in, it's in the Constitution. It's here. It's in the text. You well, can read it. Well, that's the point I was making, Father, about and the colonies, is, is right. that it was in the founding fathers' minds, obviously, if some colonies had it legal and some had it illegal, if they thought there was a constitutional right to abortion, they would have put it in. Well, there was no, uh, uh, yeah, because if it's not in the text, then you have to look at the history. Right. Is something deeply rooted in the history and traditions of our country. For example, the right to get married, the right to travel. It's not in the Constitution explicitly, but it's in the history and traditions of the country without a doubt, right? right? Without yeah. any doubt. So there are certain rights that are mentioned. Of course, we have the Bill of Rights. Okay, so the first eight amendments give us explicit rights. And then the Ninth Amendment says... Just because we don't mention a right here in the Constitution, it doesn't mean that the people don't have certain rights. They're, they're unenumerated. In other words, they're not 
listed here. But how do you, again, identify a constitutional right that's unenumerated? Again, you got to look at the history. Roe v. Wade looked at, his, at the history but got it wrong. They were, they, 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 they were quoting one pro-abortion attorney for the history and not consulting any other historians. Bad job. Justice Alito looks at the history in great depth and shows that in the colonies, I mean, we inherited the common law from from Great Britain, the common law. Common law considered abortion wrong. Now, codifying it in a statute, that's a different process. And as the statutes, then you go into the 19th century, the statutes began in all the different states that existed at that time to outlaw abortion very explicitly. And um, we're going to show the significance of that in, in just a moment. So it was understood that abortion was wrong. As you said, in some places, it would, the law was different. In one, you know, sometimes it was from quickening forward, and other times it was throughout the whole pregnancy. But the difference in the statutes does not take away the fact that nowhere in that history were people claiming that abortion was a constitutional right. Right. And, and that's and, the key point. And that you could kill a baby to birth, which is what the current atmosphere no, it's, is it's in cra- our it's, country. It's crazy. It's okay. so ridiculous. Uh, now, <clears throat> so Justice Alito begins by asking, well, what standard do we have to determine if uh, the Constitution protects a particular right? And here it's important to understand the role of the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment talks about our, our our basic right. That's where you read, you know, no state may deprive someone of life, liberty, or, or property without due process of law, right? Okay. So what people have to understand is if you go back to the Fifth Amendment, it also talks about not being deprived of life, liberty, and, and, and property. But that's talking about what the federal government may or may not do. That's the Fifth Amendment. When it comes to the 14th Amendment, it applies it to the states. So because remember, we have our state governments and our state courts and our state lawmakers, right? And then we have the federal. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-tiered system. The 14th Amendment gives, incorporates to the states these basic rights that, that, that people have in the Constitution so that the states may not deprive people of these basic rights. Uh, and, and this is where... Because it talks about liberty, you may not think about think about it this way. The state may not deprive a person of liberty without due process of law. This is where the other side tries to say, uh, oh, well, there's a right to an abortion somewhere in there. Doesn't say it. The history doesn't support it. But this is what they tried to say. And Justice Alito takes a good look at that. And he says, well, wait a second. You know, in Roe v. Wade, they were talking more about privacy. Mm-hmm. Privacy, okay. Privacy is not in the Constitution either. Right. So now they're taking a, a you know one concept that's not there and drawing from it another concept that's not there. Got to be careful doing that. You got to be very careful. Um, well, didn't and, in Roe they said something about the abortion decision had to be between uh, the woman and her doctor? Yes. It, the Roe v. Wade <laughs> itself says that the right is not absolute. The other side needs to get, take a good listen to that today because they're saying it is absolute. They're saying it's absolute. But, but this idea that you can just decide to have an abortion at any time for any reason just because you decide, Roe v. Wade itself said, didn't. no, we don't agree with that. No. We don't agree with that because they recognize that the state does have an interest in preserving the life in, inside 
and 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 the health of the mother right. and the medical profession. In fact, Roe v. Wade makes it more of a medical decision, right, between than, woman and her doctor, than just an autonomy <clears throat> decision. And what yeah. happens today, Father, is uh, these women are having abortions without consulting their own physician. No, their own physician had nothing to do has with nothing. Has nothing to do with it. Right. They don't even see a doctor right. uh, until they're on the table, ready for the procedure to mm -hmm. begin. And many times in some states like California, it doesn't even have to be a medical doctor who's performing the abortion. Right. So it, it's it's totally so against what Roe v. Wade said was supposed to be. Yeah. You know? So <clears throat> Justice Alito points out, you know, the court has been very, very careful about identifying rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution. Um, and he gives, some, he gives some important examples. First of all, in 1997, there was a decision called Glucksburg. And that was the question of, is there a right to assisted suicide in the Constitution? And the court actually said no. Again, the words aren't there. But what the court said in that, the case was, you know, it's not deeply rooted in the history and traditions of the country. Right. So if you're not seeing it there in the Constitution and you're not seeing it deeply rooted in our history and tradition, don't try to come to us and say it's a constitutional right. It's okay. Not, not so true. now how does abortion figure in that whole thing, too? Well, again, look at how the 14th Amendment has been interpreted. There's another case that that came up here uh, called the, the, the Lochner case. Now, this was from New York back in uh, was decided back in 1905. And later it was reversed. And what the, the Lochner decision said, again, it was, it was, it was, it was uh, going into these unenumerated rights in the 14th Amendment. And this one was, to, was talking about a right to contract. So there was an employer who was uh, having an employee work more than 60 hours a week, even though the law in New York said 60 hour a week was the limit for a work week. So the question became, does that employer and employee, do they have a right of contract where they can basically agree on a, on a working arrangement that surpasses what the law says is the limit to the working um, uh, hours of the week? You know, the court struck down the law because they said they, they recognized this right of contract. Well, where in the Constitution is the right of contract? You know, so it's emanating there from the 14th Amendment, from the liberty you know, and the substantive due process, as they call it. Well, later on, some decades later, the court said, wait a minute, we got to be careful. There was another case that came out of uh, California, and this one had to do with minimum wage. So there was a, a woman who was in, in, in employment, and she was getting less than the minimum wage. And so she sued. And again, the idea was, uh, 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 oh, well, well, there's a right of contract. You know, the employer was trying to say, there's a right of contract where I can make, the, make it whatever I want it to be. Uh, you know, I have this liberty interest. The court said, no, 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 follow the law. So the court has, has corrected itself. And whenever, it's, whenever you go into areas where you're identifying rights that are uh, unenumerated and you're claiming that this is under liberty, you got to be very careful because liberty, you know, people can, can, can easily be tempted to, to, to identify as liberty, whatever they want to do. Right. But, you know, Father, if, again, going back, looking at history, 
our nation has a history of correcting itself for major injustices. Absolutely. Well, look at, at the, <clears throat> slavery segregation. Is, segregation yeah. Slavery is one, segregation is another. But even the treatment of women. At one time in this country, a woman, not only did she not have a right to vote, she couldn't even own property. And and the courts changed all that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, and then you have um, you know Brown versus uh, Board of Ed with the segregation. Well, so, now that's where yeah. that corrected Plessy versus Ferguson, right. right? So you had Plessy versus, and notice the time frame. Plessy versus Ferguson was the separate but equal. Right. And we're going to allow segregation. Oh yeah, people can be separated, but they're equal. Not taking into account the harm done to those people. Right. By being treated that way. You were obviously unequal, right? And about but that what was year 1896. was that? 1896. 1896. Okay. And then it took. Board of Brown versus Board of Education said, the court said, you know what? Uh-uh. The court constitution does not allow this. That was 1954. 58 years. Later. Right. It took How long that has long. it been with Roe? 49. 49 almost, almost, almost 50. 50. So I, I, I have been saying this over the years, right. over the decades, actually, of my talks with well, Peace like for Life. I've been saying reform, we are well, man. yes, we are well within the window of social reform for major Supreme Court decisions on major issues to be reversed. To be we reversed. are well within the window. Right. That took 58 years. We're not even at 50 yet. Right. Row. We're almost, but not. So <clears throat> the, it, Justice Alito goes into the history here and says, look, be careful about these substantive due process, uh, 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 unenumerated rights, you know, that you're going to draw because you're going to reason reason to them because the constitution says liberty liberty can you know be a treacherous thing to um uh to interpret let me just go into a couple of other points he he makes so right. you see how the other side focuses in on the 14th amendment okay you understand right. a little bit more how how they, oh, yeah, they, why they, they, they do they that keep focusing in on it but <laughs> by the time see this was another big <clears throat> argument both in the briefs uh, in the dobbs case and in this draft uh decision at the time that the 14th Amendment, if they have an amendment to the Constitution, you have to have the states ratify it. Now, the, so the states were asked to ratify the amendment. Enough of them did. you got to have three quarters. But at the same time, the states are making their own laws, right? So it was at this time, this was in this was ratified in the, in the mid-19th century, 1868. All in the decades prior to that and after that, the states, like we said before, were passing laws prohibiting abortion throughout pregnancy. Right. So Justice Alito points out three quarters of the states, by the time that the 14th Amendment was adopted, that talks about you can't deprive a person of liberty, three quarters of the states prohibited abortion throughout pregnancy, and others would follow soon after that. Right. So the argument is, how could you have a, 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 a how could you have a state at the same time passing a law prohibiting abortion and ratifying an amendment allegedly protecting abortion? Oh, that doesn't that, work. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. That doesn't make sense. sense. If there was a sense in the, in the history and the, uh, 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 the understanding of the Constitution that abortion was a constitutional right. Yeah, they would ratify the 14th Amendment with that understanding, but they wouldn't be passing all these laws. In fact, one-third of the decision here, I mean, one-third of the pages of it, all the, the appendix, which is 30 pages long, is all the state laws 
from that very same time of Nebraska, 1866, Maryland, 1868, all at the time that the 40th Amendment was being adopted, Florida, 1868, Minnesota in 1873. Justice Alito actually puts the text of the laws in here wow. to show people, hey, folks, pay attention to your history, right? Pay attention. Hey, to he gave your a history, history lesson. There. He sure did. Yeah. So, you know, Father, then, <clears throat> what it's saying is basically what Alito saying is if all these states they had already banned abortion at the time. Throughout pregnancy. Throughout pregnancy. Pre-viability. Pre-viability, yeah. everything. No abortions allowed. Right. <clears throat> so stop pointing back to this amendment saying there's a right to it. Stop, stop, stop inventing not, a right that isn't there. That isn't there, yeah. right? Now, he goes on to <clears throat> say another argument because, you know, what, what, let me, let me. first of all, this, it's one of my favorite lines in this whole opinion I want to read to you here because he really, he has a particular style here. Okay, listen to this. Until the latter part of the 20th century, in other words, when Roe came down, there was no support in American law for a constitutional right to obtain an abortion. Zero. None. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the way he says it. Zero. Oh, zero. None. Zero, period. He says it. None, period. period. Right. No state he's, he's constitutional provision has recognized such a right. Right. He, he he makes it so yeah like that's zero it. None. none it's, it's like, like hey folks you're making it up you right. know so then he goes on to say look <coughs> he says respondents and their amici okay the we talked about before the friends, friends of, the of the court court have no persuasive answer to this historical evidence okay but then he goes on to say you know what they also say that it doesn't really matter. They don't care that there's the, all this historical evidence because they say that the um, right to abortion is entrenched in um, uh, the, these larger rights. And we already talked about, you know, uh, misusing the, the term about liberty. But right. they said, well, you know, the court has, has upheld so many other rights you know, regarding marriage, regarding contraception, regarding sexuality, privacy. You know, doesn't the, the, the these precedents, okay, it's not in the history, but what about the precedents of the court that have allowed all these, these, these other things? And Justice Alito answers this very well by quoting Roe and Casey themselves. Again, they look at abortion and they say, you know what? Let me, in fact, let me read what the phrase is. And I did a whole episode on this, by the way, the other day. Abortion is inherently different from all these other actions and privacies and everything. Roe said this. Abortion is, quote, inherently different. Okay, so that's Roe. That was 73, right? Seven years later, the Supreme Court issued a decision called Harris versus McRae. That was about the Hyde Amendment. So the Hyde Amendment had passed in uh, a few years before that was challenged, of course, by the pro-aborts. And the question before the court was, if the, if the state, if, if the government uh, uh, declares a certain activity to be constitutionally protected, does that mean they have to pay for it? Is it constitutional for them to decide not to pay for it? Because that's what the Hyde Amendment does, right? It says Medicaid money will not be used for abortion. The court ruled, yes, it's constitutional. They don't have to pay for it if they say it's, it's constitutional activity. At the same time, Congress was paying for other medical procedures that were medically necessary and not abortions. So it's like, 
okay, what's the difference? And that's where Harris versus McRae said abortion is different. It's unique because only abortion, unlike these other medical procedures, involves the purposeful termination of life. Right. That well, makes it unique. Well, you know, abortion, and, actually, the body is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Right. Growing and nurturing this unborn child. What abortion does, it, it comes in and introduces a medical procedure that stops what's Well, usually normal. a medical procedure does the opposite. It, it helps, it the, helps body the body do what it's supposed it to, does a what correction. it's trying to do. Yeah. Correction. The blood is trying to go through the arteries, but right. they're clogged. Right, yeah. so they're so going to unclog it. Yeah, right. This is a direct killing this is of the, the opposite. It's opposite. It's a unique mm -hmm. act. The court said it in Roe. The court said it in Harris v. McRae. The court said it in Casey. The Casey decision says abortion is, quote, a unique act. So... Justice Alito uses this to argue two things. Number one, when the court acknowledges our privacy rights in whole, all kinds of other areas of human life, including sexuality, procreation, marriage, it, 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 those rights do not argue for a right to abortion. And he says, and by the same token, us striking down the idea that there's a constitutional right to abortion does not endanger those other rights. Right. You argue those other issues on their own merits not on the merit of abortion, which, again, is a unique act. Well, and if you listen to Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and all the pro And Biden. And Biden, they're in hysteria now saying, oh, if you overturn road, there goes contraception, there goes gay marriage, there goes this, there goes that. They're in this hysteria right now. Yeah, and, and, and that's where they're ignoring this point that Alito makes. He addresses this question head, head, on. head on, and we right. have to understand it, what he says. Right. The other thing and that comes up here is this. People on both sides of the issue are going to be making their policy arguments, as we always do, why abortion should either be allowed, why it should be prohibited. And, you know, we are saying, and he, he summarizes this nicely, that a lot of things have changed. Modern developments in science have helped us to learn about the unborn baby. We know more about the harm abortion does to women. Attitudes, he says that there? Attitudes about, wow. uh, he, he, attitudes about pregnancy have changed discrimination, uh, state laws that ban discrimination on the basis of pregnancy right. have multiplied. Uh, leave for pregnancy and childbirth are guaranteed by law in many cases. Insurance and government assistance are available more now uh, for medical care associated with pregnancy. Safe haven laws have been passed. All of this changes the landscape from the time of Roe and even Casey to make it more favorable for pregnant moms, right, to continue with their pregnancy. Because right. Rose said, oh, you're going to unleash on them a distressful life. You know, the, the level of distress has, has lessened. More opportunity for adoption these days, uh, et cetera. Well, now, you know, people but, have to think back, though, Father, you know, and this is what they are forgetting. You're pregnant now in 2022, pregnant in 1973. Difference. Very big difference. Big difference. Yeah. Number here in 73. No ultrasound for the mom to see her baby. Didn't know the sex of the baby till the baby. We were in the delivery room and you found the baby, you know, born. Oh, boy or girl. Now they find that first of all, they see their unborn child when their first pregnancy is first diagnosed. They see that heartbeat. They hear the heartbeat in the early weeks when the first first visit to the doctor. And how many ultrasounds does a woman see throughout the pregnancy? I mean, my daughter, when she was pregnant, every doctor visit, they got another look at the baby. That's so right. we've come to study and know the unborn child. Well, we take the pictures and we put them on our refrigerator. Yeah. Of ultrasounds. And he mentions this. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's part of the, and those are the baby's first uh, pictures in, in their baby scrapbook. 
Are things there, have there, changed. Things yeah. have changed. The unborn child has become more real. And back in 73, there weren't really pregnancy centers. A few well-meaning churches helping with diapers and formula. That was it. Well, you know, at the, even at the time of Casey, you know how many of the pregnancy centers were medical clinics? Three. That's what I'm saying. Now there's a couple of thousand. The right. vast majority now of the pregnancy are medical centers are clinics. medical. Yeah. Justice Alito, you know, so uh, points out these So all these things changes. have changed. Yeah. Drastically. And, 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 and the you quickly mentioned the safe haven laws, Father. And I just want to focus on that because not many people realize there are safe haven laws in all 50 states. And what it says is that think about this, because this is why it makes this whole argument about late term abortion so ridiculous. You could walk into a hospital today and deliver the baby and say to yourself, I don't want to be a mom. I can't deal with this. You can walk out, no questions asked. Right. And surrender the baby to the state. Yeah. And they will place the baby for adoption. And then if you bring the baby home and it's colicky and screaming and you can't, I can't afford this, I can't do it, you can take the baby down to the nearest fire station or police station and surrender the baby. No questions asked. The law changes slightly from state to state how long you have after the birth of the child to surrender it. But in all 50 states, Father, there's a safe haven law. There's, a, there's an option. So, there's, there's more options now option. than ever. And um, back at the time of Roe, uh, there were only 13% um, uh, of, um, well, let's see. I have it written down here because one of the briefs actually mentioned uh, this. 13% uh, of births occurred um, out of wedlock. At the time of Casey, it was 30%. Now it's more like 40%. In other words, the cultural accommodation or acceptance of this kind of phenomenon right. is, 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 is light years beyond what it was at the time of Roe. Similarly, women in the workforce who are um, uh, have children under the age of 18, at the time of Roe, it was about uh, 47%. Of women in the workforce who have uh, minor age children. Right. Uh, now it's more like 71%. Well, and so also, too, Father, back at the time of Roe, if let's say a school teacher was pregnant, she had to leave her job back the, in the States. Right. Now that can't happen. This but here's the bottom you. line I was getting to a point that Justice Alito is making here. People are going to make all these arguments. And those on the other side will make their arguments as to why abortion should remain legal despite all these changes, right? Because they'll say, oh, well, there's changes, you know, that, 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 that argue for the freedom to be able to, to abort these children. Here's, let me read a sentence here that, that's the bottom line in all of this. Both sides make important policy arguments, the justice says. But supporters of Roe and Casey must show that this court has the authority to weigh those arguments and decide how abortion should be, may be regulated in the states. They have failed to make that showing, and therefore we return the power to weigh those arguments to the people and their elected representatives. And the bottom line is, Father, what he's saying basically is the judicial branch of government will be the judicial branch of government. We will not overstep and become legislators. Exactly. We're going to pass it back to the states and to the federal government, meaning the House and the Senate in the federal level, and in every state, the state 
legislators will make the laws, which actually goes back to colonial days, that mm -hmm. the people living in that colony or in the state make the laws. They elect the representatives that they want to uphold the principles they believe in. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that's how it's always been handled. That's always. how his decision starts by saying right. it's always been handled that way. Uh, uh, let's go back to doing it that way. Um, so right now uh, we we're in a waiting game, Father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we know uh, you know each week some more decisions come out. We don't know what day is going to happen, but right now I think we have to be in a very prayerful mood. We have to pray for the justices yeah. and their families. I think the attacks going on on their families at their residences is terrible. Uh, so we have to pray for them, uh, and we have to be informed because right now, as a, as pro life people. We are in a very unique position. The subject is being discussed. Yes. And so you have to really inform yourself so you can come out with good, articulate arguments so that you can correct people's thinking. Mm -hmm. The other side is trying to make it sound. Roe v. Wade, oh, women can't get an abortion. I always say, calm down. You can still get abortion in plenty of places all over the country. So stop whining and complaining. Well, and if you want your state to preserve that law or right. or, or or even expand it, make your case. Right. You know, persuade your legislators uh, that this is a good thing. But if people want talking points, Father, I have to point out my brand new book, Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens. I should have put a thing here that said, and it's for adults too. <laughs> and I do have in here a chapter that I show them how to turn the tables on the other side, mm -hmm. how to pose questions back to them, mm -hmm. and then also how to defend back what they point at you. Uh, so this is a great resource right now uh, with this argument going on. And of course, in the middle, Father, look what I do. I show pictures, a little baby book of that unborn child. Starting, seven weeks. Starting at seven weeks. And this book is available at abortionandteens.com. This could be like a handbook because I go through the history of Roe and Doe. Uh, of how we got abortion in this country uh, with uh, Roe. But then I show them why it's always bad for the baby, but always bad for the mother too. That's what they need to know. And in this book with sound scientific and medical evidence, I show even in cases of life of the mother, fetal anomaly, we never have to do an abortion. There's our answers medically to solve that without killing the child. Mm -hmm. And so I really recommend this abortion and teens.com. And uh, it's gotten some great endorsements, including for the young people, Kristen Hawkins from Student Lives for America. And of course, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland and many others. So, I hope you can get your copy abortion, uh, everything you need to know about abortion, because it's it, it's it's in the conversation. I got stopped at church Sunday. People asking me questions. Yeah. You know, because yeah. and I and I, I'm loving it because, Father, how many years have we said, boy, I wish we could hear abortion in the news. And now it's every single day. So we have a very it's like the door has been flung open. Educate, educate, educate is what I think we have to do. And if they want to keep abreast of what's going on, SupremeCourtVictory.com. Just go to that web page and we'll give them the news as it happens. And brothers and sisters, the minute that decision is announced, we will be back on live to give you the update. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, this is Janet Morana, Executive Director of Priest Life, joined by Father Frank Fone. God bless. Yes, I think we have Richard Lee, we have uh, Jim Garlow, and we have Father Frank Pavone. Someplace there in the audience. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.